0: Well hello and welcome to Happy Times and Places, a positively inclined Doctor Who episode commentary podcast in which I, Toby Hedog, get a friend to choose a story, I then commentate along to the episodes and try to guess what my special guest's favourite thing about each instalment is.
1: Hello, I'm Martin Geraghty and I'm one of the long-standing artists on the Doctor Who magazine comic strip and more recently a member of the animation team on the Missing Episodes Productions. Um, Toby has very kindly asked me to contribute to his podcast, and the story I've chosen is The Horror of Fang Rock from 1977, which is one of those base under siege stories that Doctor Who does uh, so well. Uh, And it's very probably my most re-watched Doctor Who story, to be honest.
0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Happy Times and Places in which we all go down to the lighthouse uh, to see uh, where these four episodes of Doctor Who guide us. um, Martin Geraghty is our special guest. By a lovely coincidence, um, Doctor Who seems to enter into my life in all sorts of funny ways. And um, Martin actually doesn't, you know, Martin, who is the sort of creative hub of a lot of the uh, of the of the animations that have been bringing Doctor Who missing episodes to life, and he lives only down the road from me. Uh, I've actually visited him at home to um, do a little bit of shooting for a little making of that we did for the Faceless Ones DVD uh, to get a, some insight into his creative process, because he and Marie Walsh, who's the uh, producer of a lot of the the animations and I all live in a sort of little triangle uh, here in uh, Manchester Um, just by a sort of strange and wonderful coincidence. I didn't know Anne-Marie lived here until I'd just done some work on Power of the Daleks, and then I was doing my gig on a Tuesday night. I think I must have mentioned Doctor Who on stage, and this lovely lady came up and said, oh, you mentioned Doctor Who? And I said, yeah. And she said, oh, I've just worked on a uh, animation for a thing called Power of the Daleks. I said, oh, I've just done some voice work for that, and blah, blah, blah. blah. And uh, yeah, so, oh, and her and Martin uh, came over here um, when we did the commentary for Shada, which we did. At the kitchen table, not far away from where I'm sitting now. So Doctor Who all seems to sort of coalesce around me. Um, I'm sure we all feel like that because it's such a it's such a phenomenon, isn't it? That uh, there's somebody who you always know somebody who you knows somebody that has some sort of involvement. But it's it's nice when you feel when you feel at the centre of something that's important to you, even though it's you you're, you're not really. Um, so, Horror Fang Rock, uh, I don't live next door to anybody who, uh, involved in it, um, but I have encountered some of its uh, uh, key creative contributors, as we will discover as we go through these four, I think, marvellous episodes of Doctor Who. I think this one's going to be fairly straightforward for me to do. So, uh, I'm on the, uh, the BritBox, and... Um, And I will just, I will just tell the robot lady to turn the volume down, but I'll cut that bit out so it doesn't do it for you at home. Alexa, volume four. So, let us press play on Horror of Fang Rock in three, two, one... Uh, I did have to check then. It's one of those blind spots I have. I know it's horror of Fangrock, but I thought for a second, is there a the? Is there a the? But there's no, it's not the horror of Fangrock. It's just, there's no, uh, there's no the. It's one of the few, uh, few Doctor Who stories. Oh, well, no, is it? I'm just thinking, uh, Nightmare of Eden, Terror of the Zygons. Uh, But anyway, um, let's not get into how many Doctor Who stories have the as part of the title, uh, lovely, basic, simple model shot, isn't it a super idea to set a Doctor Who story in a lighthouse? I mean, uh, and and not just to have that as the setting, but to have you know the light and the electricity as a as a sort of thematic part of the story, which then bleeds into the characters, which uh, also um, feeds into the modus operan- operandi of the evil creature itself all very very artfully done by terence dicks a da- a name obviously we're very used to seeing on the spines of books but he didn't write that many tv scripts yes we know he rewrote and script edited a lot and all of that but uh but actually as a writer of stories uh, not so many and i i i still regret not uh you using him as one of my five favourite things when we did the five doctors um, which was very daft of me so I suspect I will be choosing Terence Dix sooner rather than later Um, not just because this is a marvellous script Um, I've already mentioned the thematic stuff but it's full of well drawn characters it's got some very very witty lines we know how funny Robert Holmes is I think we sometimes forget how funny Terence Dix is Um, but he, he totally understands what to do um, and this is a, this is a funny one because it's not, obviously it's not a Philip Hinchcliffe story, although it, it does feel a bit like it is. It's a, it's a sort of stylistic hangover from the previous era. Um, and it was, it was one of the first target books I got myself. I had some book tokens, uh, and, uh, it was one of the few ones that we hadn't got in the castle bookshop. And there's a brilliant Jeff Cummings picture of, uh tom baker and it looks like he's got a sort of birthmark or something on his face or a scar but it's not it's just the it's just because he's copied it very very well from this photograph and the and the shadowing on on tom baker's cheek um makes for a sort of prominent mark that uh, uh i always think slightly s- strange looking um, but it's just a quirk of sort of lighting and shadow uh so here we have uh ralph watson uh, and colin douglas colin douglas Donald Bruce from Enemy of the World in his second Doctor Who story. I believe Paddy Russell basically phoned him up and said, I've got a really hard, impossible part. Come and help me. Uh, and uh, Douglas had not enjoyed or had not thought much of uh, Enemy of the World. Seemed to recall De- Deborah Watling saying that he sp- you know, spent the whole thing sort of going, This is a load of old rubbish. Um, but uh, I- I- I'm not sure that was the. The, the case here everyone uh, sort of seemed to like him on here and ralph knew ralph who's playing ben who in the book i think is a much bigger burlier guy a slightly different sort of character um ralph knew uh colin because i think they'd done a play together for about a year um something about minors i think um and ralph said that colin always referred to his his wife as the gin bucket uh, and Colin was a landlord. He had, he had some flats in London. Um, and a friend of mine recently shared digs with his son, but I didn't get any good stories because it was a sort of this bloke. I stayed with in Edinburgh. His dad was in Dock too. Anyway, um, he does a great job with, you know, what is a potentially quite a cliched part, but he's uh, he's, he's a consummate. He knows the business. Colin Douglas, he knows exactly what he's doing. Ralph Watson uh, I had the pleasure of watching um, Enemy of the World with Ralph Watson because um, Enemy and Webb, of course, came back together and Ralph Watson is in the Web of Fear as Captain Knight. Um, his parts get sort of smaller and smaller as, uh, as, as his association with Doctor Who goes on, really, Ralph Watson. Well, I mean, he's, uh, he has a tiny little turn in The Underwater Menace. Um, wasn't even credited in castis for that for, for, for many, many years. But he does get a, a credit on episode four. He's a face on a screen, an overseer. Uh, but then he's Captain Knight. Uh, and he's also Etis in The Monster of Peladon. And uh, and then he's Ben in this, where he doesn't even make it past episode one. Um, lovely film stuff here. Uh, Leela looks fabulous Louise Jameson looks fabulous in this outfit I, I love that coat of Tom Baker's um, lovely atmosphere of the sea noise you know there's the something so powerful about you know the inky blackness and the the, the sheer power I mean I remember at a, quite a strange time in my life and I was touring off St. Of my doctor's Calf, just sitting on the coast at Lytham St Anne's and the sea crashing. And I, and I had quite a sort of profound uh, sort of experience of you know being, you know, of considering the elements and feeling I can understand why people feel sort of invigorated when they do sea walks because you're you know the the, the sheer force of nature is kind of bleeding into you, but also it brings you know and the, and you're you're dwarfed by it you know you are you are nothing compared to you know the ocean, and uh, but it also brings with it as well as the force, the sheer force that it has, you know, unknowable depths and, you know, perishing lethal cold and all sorts. Uh, John Abbott as Vince, absolutely wonderful performance, Uh, potential to, to, to not be a great character, I think, because he's young and because he's naive, but he actually, he makes it, he's so likable, but, and he does the innocence without it being cloying or annoying. Um, in fact, I think I think Ralph Watson. And I knew Ralph a little bit, and he was an, a very nice man. Uh, uh, and and his story about being descended from uh, a, a, a family of men, all of whom survived World War One, and, and and how emotional that made him um, when he recalled the shame of I think it was his his grandmother. Um, as as the only woman in the village who you know hadn't suffered a casualty and what what that brought with it I, I witnessed him tell that story a couple of times found it desperately moving and he was quite an emotional man ralph he was a, he was a he was a real sort of working class um i was sort of working class here you know he was he was he was very aware of his of his working class history and the and the and and the uh that, that you know the terrible things the miners had gone through that he you know he knew that generation of men and uh, of people who knew real poverty and real hardship and he was very conscious of that and and and, and actually he you know he got quite emotional about it, um, which which made him you know a fascinating conversation. I actually think this is his weakest performance in Doctor Who. It's a bit shrill. It's a bit what you do. It's a I, I'm a bit I don't know. I I just think. I think expecting a sort of burly, gruff kind of Ben from from the book, uh, it, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's and and no disrespect to, to Ralph who I think is great, great, but I I don't think it's his his best performance. Um, but this is great, isn't it? The you know the 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 mist means you don't have to see the you know what's the the coast uh, in the, in the distance. Although they they have keyed that in in the earlier scenes, they've they've keyed the. Uh, the view from the the gallery as it were in very well it's a very simple and effective production and and you know yeah terence dix has given Ruben all that sort of i i believe in all this sort of stuff and and uh, you know it is quite cliched but it's absolutely fine for this sort of thing and when you've got good actors like colin douglas who who know exactly how to pitch these sorts of characters it's it's fine i'm not a technician very that's very nice um uh, and, and of course, we're in Birmingham doing this. Uh, the yes, of course, Horror of Fang Rock is good. It was made in Birmingham. Uh, and I think The Doctor and Leela are marvellous in this, even though Tom Baker and uh, Louise Jameson uh, were, were not best of friends on this. I think that's well documented. Um, and Tom uh, did not get on particularly well with Paddy Russell, the director, because um, uh, I think... Tom was in a combative mood and Paddy didn't take no nonsense. And that was not a good, that that that, that was not a good mix. But it does mean we have a rather sort of maudlin, uh, spiky doctor. Um, although I like the way he, you know, he shows respect to Vince. I like the fact they both, It's that's really nice, actually. They, they both um, uh, sort of show Vince respect more, but... Because because the the mores of the society that means means everybody else sort of patronizes him and treats him like because he's young and working class, but the, the, the doctor and Leela don't read either of those things, so they just treat Vince with respect in a way that actually pretty much nobody else does. He's either patronized or or treated you know with uh, as as though he was he is a, a class inferior, um, and this is this is beautifully seeded in. Oh, we've we've brought up Ben. Oh no, we, we, we didn't see him, he's not there. No, we'd have, we'd have seen him if he stepped out. Hang on, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. Uh, oh yeah, Mr. See, he calls him Mr. Hawkins. Uh, Adelaide later, doesn't she, calls him Hawkins and Leela calls him Vince. And that's, I mean, that's just so economical, but that says something about everybody uh, in, in the way that they relate to Vince. Um, And I love all this stuff of those, you know, those big, thick woolen jumpers. They were they were a thing. They were a thing that people had, you know, sort of multi-purpose, sort of work jumpers, particularly associated with the with the sea. uh, You know, I I find that sort of comforting as a visual and as a I can just imagine what it was like. Oh, is this where she starts to just take her clothes off? I think that's brilliant. I'm no (laughs) I'm no lady. I think that's terrific. And his reaction is absolutely delightful. Oh, see, the, even though the story is, you know, starting unfolding very gently, and uh, we don't see any other characters after, uh, uh, you know, until the ship's crashed at the end of the episode, until the, so until the next episode. But you've got you've got the, the, the disappearing Ben, you know, the crackly thing, the, 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 the thing that we know has fallen and is watching the lighthouse and the green light, and that's just a great shot, isn't it? It's just... Uh, tom Be- tom baker silhouetted in the in the door um but you've also got these wonderful dynamics that you need i hadn't really thought of this as a base under siege but of course it is it's it's totally what it is that's it to its core um and this particular base has a has a thing of the week i did fury from the deep very recently you know that that, that was the gas base you know you've got uh, uh the london underground base of uh, of the web of fear got the ice ice Base of uh, the Ice Warriors, and this one is the brand new electricity base because the characters are getting used to electricity and Ruben doesn't trust it. I always find trouble. I, 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 I like the way he, you know he treats it as a kind of ah, oh, there's a sort of d- cynical, dark, a sardonic uh, resignation. That's not to undermine what's happened, you know, he's, it's deadly serious. This, but he's not, he's, he's he's not gonna drench it in sentimentality it's uh, you know this is the doctor kind of oh, he, he doesn't like all of this death um, but but he, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna greet it like we do and that makes it really interesting but also it doesn't mean he's been glib or or unkind about it um, it's because he has this wonderful lofty Olympian detachment and uh, he's taken that hat off the wall and has a different hat on this week which I also Adore. Um, oh, and Leela's got changed and uh, looks great with the with the jumper, and the, you know she's she's oh she's so good. They're such a good team. Um, although the Doctor is daft, <laughs> he risks risks getting, risk getting knifed. Uh, and so we have the geography of it, so because it takes space in such a small it takes place in such a small space um got the boiler room the coal hole uh the gallery up top and the and the and the room in the middle oh and yeah but it means it oh and Ben's lantern has been crushed uh which suggests that uh, whatever killed him was pretty powerful um and Colin Colin Douglas is doing this so very well um he was, and he was still going when I was watching tellys. He was in GBH, uh, the Alan Bleesdale series. Although he died by the time it was repeated, not that long after, uh, and I believe had a had a bit of a hard time on it, and uh, and and I think it it, it it sort of knocked the wind out of his sails on his on his final job, which is a shame because it's a nice part that he had, um, but uh, I don't believe it was the the happiest experience for him, which is a shame, because. Uh, he you know he was an actor of uh, of of great experience and uh, you know great solid dependability good proper character actor uh and and he gives uh, you know Ruben is the the old one full of foreboding and old wives' tales but he 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 but he's got a, the way that he treats vince he he does with a certain sort of gentle he's firm but fair but he also gives of a Sort of gentleness, all, 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 although he also does—he treats him with a gentleness and tries to reassure him, but also says, "Well, I'm not going to spare you the uh, the, <laughs> the the old supernatural tales," and we never quite get to the bottom of uh, what the beast of Fang Rock is. Um, so Terence has his cake and and, and then sort of forgets that we've eaten it uh, <laughs> uh, with the beast of Fang rock because there's there's no sort of oh yes and you know something crashed here hundreds of years ago it's just like that 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 load of old nonsense just happens to be a happy coincidence for the telling of this particular story um, and I co- yes I uh, um, uh, and I, I like the doctor's line of, but the the <laughs> you know how to operate it, <laughs> the doctor is sort of slightly go oh, you, you sour old puss. Um, uh, oh, yes, yeah, see all of this is loaded with stuff. The doctor, the doctor is sort of amused uh, by uh, Ruben's sort of predictable, small-mindedness in terms of he thinks that Leela is is a foreigner. Uh, and uh, and and they're having and it's great because these as we know Tom and Louise weren't getting on but they they have moment you know they are bonded here by their sort of detached amusement from uh, Ruben although uh, again he, um, Douglas does it with. Um, enough sort of dignity that you kind of see where he's coming from you know he wants to do things proper and he's a he's a man of God and all that sort of thing and, and they're not being too cruel to him but the Doctor you know the, the Doctor does have that line doesn't he about um, you know what what was he like before uh, Gas you know he was probably saying there's nothing better than a good old fashioned candle you know he's, he's Reuben is one of those people that will that will reject anything that is new for almost for the sake of cantankerousness uh and we all know people like that too you know we'll, you know we'll find we find fault in everything and when you point out the fault in their thing they'll go oh yeah but probably this anyway um so it's really nice characterization although Ruben is a type that Dix is clever enough to know how to deploy what he does and how people react to him in a way that is you know hugely entertaining whilst you know we're building up the tension of what the hell is going on in this lighthouse and uh and and there's there's an explanation isn't there for the fog as well which is brilliant because it means you have that beautiful atmospheric sort of surrounding and the fog oh i was so scared of the film the fog when i was a boy and that's got a lighthouse in it as well uh and that was the most terrifying thing as a as a young boy and i remember um uh, at about one o'clock in the morning a policeman once knocked on our window with a with a torch and it was foggy and it was like it was like Blake from The Fog uh, because I think he'd got my brother's passport or something that they'd had for some reason so he thought on his way past he'd drop it off and you'd just go I, I mean I was about I mean I was up late but I did stay up late watching movies and stuff like that but I, I, I mean I, I it's a good job I had. A, I was a strong-hearted youth because it was a bit terrifying. Um, I remember my mum being not impressed. At a policeman knocking on our window on a foggy night, shining a torch through it at one o'clock in the morning. Um, those things happen when you live in the country. So, only one little bit of filming for this story, and it's this stuff. Uh, and it's very effective. It's a it's a very well rendered set. Which would look probably a bit pony on videotape because you'd be able to see that uh, it's it's not really rocks. It's you know it's it's dressed frames or whatever it is. Is it maybe a bit of carved polystyrene or whatever? But it looks like rock because film is beautiful. Uh, dead fish they they could look a bit less plastic, but uh, I mean we're 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 uh, that any holes picked in this story will be very minor because I think. It's uh, it's a it's a pretty much perfect Doctor Who story for me, horror, of Fang Rock. I think all of the ingredients that I like about a good Doctor Who: scary, um, funny, uh, intelligent, good, well characterised, well directed, sim- simple, brilliantly simple, well acted. Uh, it's got all of it. It's got all of that. Uh, And I'm a sucker for a, you're watching something with characters that you get to know and like and they get sort of picked off one by one, you know. And Tom Baker has a wonderful brooding quality uh, uh, that is perfect for this kind of story, particularly when he's in this mood. Um, And John Abbott, I think, is older than the character that he's playing. He said he'd always played, he always played, rather younger than it was i think he's 32 or something in in this uh, i've never had the pleasure actually um uh which same because i i it, it i do like it as a as a performance i think he retired from acting after he'd done four weddings in a funeral uh in which he's a clergyman at the end who uh who catches uh hugh grant swearing a lot i think um but I, th- I think it's a superb performance. I think he's lovely as Vince. I got very annoyed by the DVD menu of this, which basically shows everyone getting killed. The whole thing about a story like this is the, you know, what's going to happen to my favourite character or, or is my least favourite character going to get their just desserts in a, in a thematically appropriate manner or whatever. And if you didn't know the story and you put the disc in, by the time you'd press... Had the gumption to press play all you'd know pretty much what happened to everybody and i think those sorts of things when they happen you go does i mean do people not think for a second um and in the great scheme of things it's not terribly important so of course i get absolutely livid about it um anyway but that's a nice little touch it doesn't come across quite as well in the story because we don't see any of it but uh, the idea that the dead is walking uh, and all of that, and it's 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 because it's um it's dragged Ben off, hasn't it, to do a a sort of post mortem so that it can understand how we work, which is a lovely lovely idea, um, uh, it it which doesn't quite come across as well as it might, I think, in 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 this. But it's a it's a lovely idea in the script, the sort of and of course. Because we're set slightly in the past, everyone can afford to be a little bit superstitious. Um, oh yes, no, I remember this this being a thing that when I first saw it, um, being a, oh, because Do- every Doctor Who story has to have something that's a little bit disappointing, uh, and this this is not the best model in the world, which means that this cliffhanger is a yeah is a little bit um, substandard because. Well, we don't really know what's going on on the boat anyway and it's clearly an FX boat um but the mixture of the sound the sound uh, the way that the cliffhanger is composed in that sense and the, and the light and the doctor firing the flare and the sound and the horn that is all that is all really nicely done it's just a shame it's not the best model in the world i'd forgotten that i was coming into this going it's uh horror fang rock it's simply one of the best doctor who stories ever uh, i know the monster's a bit a bit naff at the end but other than that you know i would forgotten yes there's not a not a great model shot of the boat uh, however uh, this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be uh, uh, John Walker oh he he was an assistant cameraman on uh, uh, the Abominable Snowman, so I've had the pleasure of zooming with him relatively recently Paul Allen designed the seeds of death I think he, but he I think he is no longer with us and uh, oh and spearhead from space um and paddy i have some stories i can tell you about paddy i have various bits and bobs of hers upstairs because um uh, her brother let me have all of her tele files she hadn't kept much uh, and most of it was stuff that she'd put together after the event um uh but anyway yes so so there's been paddy's cat litter tray is upstairs i'm sure i probably mentioned that during pyramids of mars but what a terrific director um and Twice gets great performances out of Tom Baker. Whether he and and okay, it, it might have meant that he was pissed off or she was pissed off, but it doesn't matter. Uh, the end result is what has is endured. Um, I've got my right. My well, my favorite thing I think has got to be that it's a Terence Dicks script. Terence Dix, I think, is a name we take so for granted because it's on the side of books and because we really know he was a an excellent script editor who had a great relationship with his producer, Barry Letts. Uh, and, um, you know, and aside from that, he's Terence Dix. He's Uncle Terence. Uh, he's uh, all monsters Are uh and just a wonderful, ubiquitous presence. At conventions, uh, who said what he thought? John Nathan Turner couldn't sell Welks, (laughs) but who was also very kind and very game, and obviously very fond of Doctor Who, uh, and very humble about his own contribution. It was all we just wanted to get the test card. We just wanted to make sure the test card wasn't shown. Um, Alleged, but. He's not just a legend because of what he, what what he became after he left, you know, working on the program and 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 the Terrence that we all know and love. This was a guy who could have a script about vampires that he was going to be doing, uh, and be told no, do something else, set it in a lighthouse, do it by yesterday, and can come up with this, which is economical, which is funny, which is scary, which, as I say, not only. Is it, is it? Yeah. All right. It's a base under siege, but there's thought gone into it in terms of set it in a lighthouse. What's a lighthouse? Electricity. Well, let's set it at a time when electricity is new, because electricity is actually dangerous. Well, what about having a monster that uh, electrocutes people as well? Then, uh, and uh, you know, and, and and so, and and uh, and actually, let's think of a way that, um, as we will see later, you know, that the the light of the lighthouse can be. The, the, the source of the victory oh but but how would i do that well i'd concentrate a light with diamonds ah well why would i have diamonds oh well let's create these characters it all oh i mean if he did write it very quickly what a brain he has to piece all of that stuff together so it all fits everything is apt all of the characters are very nicely written they're all gifts for actors um and there's and there's beautiful moments that you know the dragging of the corpse the post-mortem uh, the fact that fog is generated and cold is generated in order for the creature to prosper in the in, camouflage itself in the environment all of that is sober and there's some brilliant lines as we will see uh, Leela's one about you know I shall I will cut out your heart you know gentlemen. This lighthouse is under attack and by morning we might all be dead. Anyone interested? I mean, some gl- the, the cliffhanger to episode three is beautifully written. Um, so my thing for episode one, because it might be that Martin chooses this later, but I will have it in the bank, so I will get the points. Um, so uh, I'm choosing Ter- the fact that this is a Terence Dix script. What is Martin choosing? Um,
1: so, to begin with, here is my favourite part of um, episode one. Um, more so than the inspired setting of a lighthouse um, for the action, to set the action in, um, there's a there's a brief but brilliant textbook example of show-don't-tell halfway through the episode from um, writer Tennant's dicks, uh, where the Doctor, in a wonderfully moody turn from Tom, responds to Leela's suggestion that they hunt the unknown killer by uh, simply tapping the mangled brass oil lamp uh, they have found and saying I don't fancy playing tag in the fog with something that can do that. Um, as an exercise in economical scripting and setting an eight-year-old's imagination racing it's pretty difficult to beat uh, in one sentence the absolutely nails of threat that everyone is, is facing on the island. And it's um it's brilliantly done.
0: Ah, well yes. Um I mean, I'll leave that out there for you to say whether I get a point for that. I mean I was being more general, but that's partially because I I feel guilt at not choosing Terence for the five doctors who's staring me in the face. I chose the Castellan for God's sake. Uh, not Terence Dix. What an idiot. Like I should, somebody else should be doing this. Um what so what martin used was an example of terence at his very very best uh but i didn't choose that particular moment and i didn't even cite that moment in in my justification for choosing terence in his script but that is an excellent moment and just isn't that brilliant he'll go down he'll have an oil lamp with him how can i use that prop now to uh, help to add to the menace tell the story give our characters something to talk you know well, let's just have it crushed. There we go. That tells you so much. Uh, as 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 Marty says, it's a very much a show don't tell. It's brilliant and economical. It's the economics of it. It's it's. When I was re-watching a lot of Russell T Davis stuff during the pandemic, it's the fact that he can say so much in you know in a line, two or three lines, and and when I've when I've written scripts, you know, you go that scene. I've I've. Re-emphasize that over and over again, in order that the audience don't miss the point. And I've labor, and that's why this scene is three pages long, and it takes a better writer than me uh, to be able to go cut through all of that and say that in three lines. That's the elegance. That's the beauty. That's the skill. The economy, and to and to and to trust the audience, and to let the actors fill in the blanks as well with their sense of foreboding, uh, with their fear. And with their, their moodier... does Martin said, a terrifically moody turn from Tom Baker. And it really is... You know, you're not writing prose. You're writing something where the actors and the director, and the situation can fill in the blanks. Uh, and Terence Dix knew that. My God, he knew it. Um, so, do I get a point for that? It's up to you. It's up to you people. Um, I hope you're enjoying Horror of Fang Rock as much as I am. Uh, I will continue to... Eulogise this story because it's it's one I actually I watched this for pleasure I was going to say recently it was actually last Christmas when I had a couple of weeks off um, doing podcasting and all sorts of other things and this was one of the stories I knew I'd got it coming up for, for, for you know with Martin with Happy Times and Places but I wanted to watch a story for pleasure and I watched this for pleasure and I almost feel like watching it for pleasure having just watched it and talked through it because I think there's so much to savour and enjoy and even the sort of boring tedious scene setting character establishment stuff is all done with such elegance such economy such wit oh he was a witty man and and it's that that sets Doctor Who aside often from from so many programs and it's it's making the wit compliment the action not be sort of a at, at, at the very program it is in not breaking the fourth wall not being a moment where the acts it's a mordant wit that springs from the situation and that is is given to us by the fact that the doctor has this sort of lofty olympian detachment where he can be sort of sardonic uh, and uh, you know pl- playful but but um without the other characters losing their dignity because everyone I think even though everyone you know has moments in this where they're they're set up to be sort of laughed at they're still true to themselves um, because of the writing and because of the playing I think it's really brilliantly done it's 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 a story that sums up everything I sort of love about Doctor Who um, and, and, and this will be a story I will always go back to and uh, I'm going to thoroughly enjoy watching and hopefully conveying my enthusiasm to you Um, it shines like a beacon well thank you very much for listening to Happy Times and Places which is presented by me Toby Haydock, and my special guest Martin Geraghty His work you can see in Doctor Who magazine and on the Doctor Who animated DVD range I'm grateful to Martin and to the many patrons who make this podcast possible and they include Joel Aarons Johan Abbott Keith Adams Mark Aldridge Kit Allen Neil Allen Sebastian April Tilt Eraser Radit Aritza, Simon Ash, Richard Olt, Richard Baker, Stephen Bamford, Simon Barker, Holly Barrett, Andy Benison, Richard Bignall, Peter Blackett, Robin Bland, Gareth Bowley, David Brody, Hugh Buchman, Tim Burrows, Paul Carrington, Anthony Carroll, Phil Chapman, Ralph Chilchon, Susan Christian, Dave Churchill, Kevin Clark, not that one, Mark Clues, Graham Cluley, Charles Coffin, Simon Colling, Paul Cornagy and Ben Cook. The music is by Dave Gates and the artwork by Dylan Patterson. If you would like to join that list of people, you can do so by signing up for as little as £3 per month, for which you get three releases per week. Uh, and they are, you know, well in advance of what uh, the non patron public get. Uh, so six months ahead for the happy times and places. So if you're listening to Horror Fang Rock now, well, the patrons, they're probably listening to. Uh, the story I've just made up that hasn't even been on telly yet. Um, no, probably not. But it's, but it, it'll be something else that uh, you won't get to listen to for another six months. Uh, a month ahead are the Too Much Information and Indefinable Magic podcasts. Well, maybe they're actually two months ahead now. And there's also Too Much Information, far too much information, which is a podcast exclusive two patrons so all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash toby Adoak. the lowest tier is three pounds that gets you most things there are little trinkets that uh, that lure you further up the patron ladder but not much i, I don't really like holding anything away from anybody that's parting with the hard-earned cash so most stuff uh, all the essential stuff is available at the three pounds a month tier, and you even get ten percent off that if you sign up for a year in advance. Uh, I totally understand if you do not want to make a monthly commitment. You can also go to kofi.com forward slash Toby uh, in order to sort of throw uh, not metaphorical money, actual money into a metaphorical hat. Uh, buy me a metaphorical carrot. So it's all metaphor, apart from the the actual handing over of money which which is all too real uh, but you can do it at any size and any denomination if you uh, think uh, you've particularly enjoyed a, a, a podcast this week or if i sound particularly one and hungry uh, or if you've just won the lottery whatever you, you have your own reasons you don't have to give them but you can give what you want at kofi.com forward slash tobyhead this sort of financial stuff it does help to um, me to justify the time given to getting these out on a regular basis. And it keeps these offerings ad-free so I don't break off and go, uh, do you know what I really love about this new thing that I wouldn't have actually been bothering to try unless they'd given me money to then have a contrived monologue that says that sounds so insincere about how I actually really love this thing uh that I otherwise wouldn't have touched with a barge pole I love it and you will too isn't that a happy coincidence for all of us I'm I'm not doing any of that stuff uh but that is because fortunately there are people contributing to uh, Patreon and to Kofi uh which uh, you know as I say enables me to give the time that may well be better spent doing other things but uh I've decided to spend it doing these and you've helped me to do so. So thank you. Now, in these difficult financial times, the last thing anybody wants to do is be throwing money around. But what you can throw around for absolutely free is compliments. Yes, indeed. Five star flavoured ones uh, at any outlet where you get your podcasts. A so five star review really helps these to stand out amongst the crowd. If they stand out amongst the crowd and the Doctor Who uh crowd is a big one uh, and it's full of very interesting uh, people so if you but if you like this one and you would like it to stand out please five stars and a couple of lines of review just to let uh, any passing uh, trade uh, know what they might be in for if the stuff that you like about these that time would be well spent for me and would be very very gratefully uh, received so uh, if you could do that uh, it costs you nothing financially and, uh, and is really beneficial and helpful uh, these podcasts have their own Twitter feed at Haydok Podcasts. I'm on at Toby Heydok, uh, and you can also follow my comedy club Excess Malarkey at Excess Malarkey, and that's at 8 p.m. Uh, every Tuesday in the fair city of Manchester. Uh, I was go- I was going to watch all of Horror of Fang Rock tonight, but I've I've been suffering a bit from the. <coughs> flu uh, or sorry it's flu I, I've, I've been coughing and i have been done but i'm yeah i'm still a little bit tired so i want to do this one well so i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna duck out and see what is on uh, netflix or britbox or whatever uh i've been watching some old stuff i watched the incredible robert baldick today which if you haven't seen is a is a sort of pilot a terry nation written pilot for a, a, a a sort of period adventurer um, inventor uh, played by Robert Hardy uh, and it's got uh, it's got the most amazing opening with two guest characters actually played by Mighty uh, two mighty character actors who never did Doctor Who James Cossins and Reginald Marsh why the hell were neither of them in Doctor Who but they're brilliant in this and they, as I say they're the sort of guest guest actors because the regulars are Robert Hardy Julian Holloway and uh, John Reese Davis and um, and it's a uh, it's a lovely piece of telly. Really enjoyed it. I've I've watched the first twenty minutes or so of it two or three times, and then always got distracted. And then the the disc I had broken, so I know. I know but anyway, I've got a I've got a new one uh, and uh, watched it for the first time throughout today. And uh, it's a really nice nice piece of work. But I won't be watching that tonight. Now I think I want some, I need something to wash over me a little bit. But that is uh, that is between me and my. I'm going to say sick bed, my convalescent sofa um, <clears throat> but hopefully I'll be in a fine fettle to have the requisite energy to gallop through the next three episodes of uh, Horror Fang Rock because it's a goodie but um, anyway wishing you well and <coughs> yes sorry for the uh, the tiredness and the slight slightly dusty lungs but hopefully we'll uh, as you, oh, yeah you feel your age as you get older you know and things I would have shaken off within a day or two Uh, just linger a little bit longer Um, so uh, yeah starting to feel my
1: age anyway off I go